Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in on Christian living, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. Let's close up the church planning uh, series on the podcast today. We're going to go back and look over the series, what we've kind of covered, and maybe something new will get drug out in this as well as we tie it all back together. And uh, I've enjoyed this series. I pray that it's been a blessing to each and every one. I encourage you, if you've not listened to this series, that you go back and listen to it, especially if the Lord has laid on your heart to go into the planting of churches in new areas. Um, I, I, there's a lot of great takeaways that I've had uh, through this entire series. There's been some things that have challenged me looking ahead. And for any church planner out there that the Lord has laid this upon you, this is a burden that the Lord has placed upon your heart, really a blessing. Uh, I encourage you to keep focusing on God and to keep leaning not into your own understanding and let him lead, guide, and direct your path and your way. By no means what we sit here and say is 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 the exact way that it should go because it's going to be different for everybody. These are mm-hmm. just kind of things that I think that, uh, especially Jamie, that, you know, that these are issues that we've ran into and uh, good takeaways and good mm-hmm. learning and yeah. leadership growth opportunities through it. So you got anything you want to say before we dive in, buddy? No, Anthony, I think this, this is truly has been a great series and we've unpacked a lot and there's so much more to really unpack. And, oh, and yeah. you know, this doesn't stop here. The principles that we do cover on on Cultivate Network podcast are, are going to, those principles are overarching and they plug into church planting, they plug into life, they plug into your your work or your family. So uh, it, it's principles that are overarching, but we did unpack a lot of practical principles. And today we'll highlight a few of those maybe um, milestone moments or, or uh, some, some, some parts of the, the journey here that we may highlight. So, you know, I'll, I'll kick it off. I, you're going to steal the best one, I'm afraid. You know what? <laughs> That's the way it goes. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pass it on to you. No. You take oh, this no. one. Okay. No, go Here ahead. We go. go ahead. Well, we start with why. We start with why. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Oh, boy. <laughs> the why. I agree. Go so, ahead, feller. Oh, let me ask you a question. Why is the why your favorite one? Because I've seen it. I know the why. I've seen the why. Mm. I witnessed the why just, what, just a couple of weeks ago? I saw the why in action. Mm. <laughs> and when you see the why, and it, it's kind of like a, the light bulb moment mm-hmm. in church planning, mm-hmm. I think the why, when the why is realized, yeah, and it, you actually see it, the fruit of the why, when you see it, it just touches your heart. It actually breaks you. I mean, you're like, I mean, well... Mm. When me and you both saw this at the same time, and we looked at each other across the room, yeah, you had big tears in your eyes, and I was just standing there smiling from ear to ear. And I think <laughs> one of us whispered to the other one across the room, that's the why. This is why. This is why. Yeah. Anthony, the why will drive us forward oh, when yeah. everything is inside of us is telling us to stop. Yeah. And 
guys in church planting and a new business or a new job, there are going to be moments at the beginning where it's so exciting and it's so fun and there's so much motivation, but motivation will not drive you through the difficult storms. No, you got to be anchored (laughs) into a deeper why. So we, we covered a deep introspective search to try your heart because there's so many components as to what might motivate a church planter. And if we're not careful, we'll do another podcast on the why right here. <laughs> It'd be so easy because do, there's right? so many things that can influence our why yeah. and, and, and little, little hidden parts of the heart that may be motivating our decision to church plant. So uh, that deep introspective time, asking the Holy spirit to search our hearts. And when we can start with a pure, clean white why just as clear as day then you're going to make it through a lot of hard times yep and i think that that's in in the start of the plant i think that this is one of the most important aspects is to identify the why Mm -hmm. why in the world are we doing this why in the world and i I know like you said we could go into an hour long on this but just a recap why would we go to a community that there's already 30 40 churches in why would we go to a community that seems to be um uh close enough to god i know that i know that's cliche mm-hmm. but you know i mean i think sometimes we get into that bible belt mentality like oh sure. this is the bible belt area everybody already knows this there's everybody's already saved there's this there's that you know I think sometimes we get into that, mm-hmm. but to identify the why, and I, I like Jamie said, there's so many times that uh, it's easy to look at the issues that are surrounding, but when the why surfaces and when you see the why in action, and my mind always goes back to Christ. He left the ninety and nine, absolutely, and went after the one. Mm. Obviously, that's that's our why, you know, and to see. The one, and not only see the one, but to see the one get it. They get it. They understand it. it. They actually had a true encounter with the Father that truly made a change in their life. That's the why. It's a perfect pivot, Anthony. Perfect bridge into the next thing we we dove into, and that was the field principle. Mm -hmm. And and you mentioned the the little lamb and Mm -hmm. the ninety nine, and how that the shepherd, the good shepherd leaves the 99 and follows after the one. But if the shepherd doesn't know who the one is, then he doesn't know where to look. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know. So the the field principle does this. It helps us understand that amidst our communities that are full of churches and full of good things and full of great programs, amidst all the busyness and the well-plowed fields of ministry, the, bi- the VBSs of the world, the beautiful systems that we all have, amidst all the pomp and circumstance, there are fields that have lambs inside them that no one's gotten to. And there's fields that haven't been kept. They haven't been maintained. And what happens is many times the church will drive by that field that's overgrown as you know, we painted the picture, right, of you're driving through this area and there's a cornfield, 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 and then this mess of a field, right, with overgrown and weeds and nettles and all sorts of things. And then what we do is we, we drive on by that and we go to the easier field, the one we're used to, the one we're comfortable digging in, the one we're comfortable sowing in. 
So if we're talking about church planting, the agriculture we draw out of this principle here is that the hard part of church planting is you're going to a new field, a field that the churches in the community, as great as they are, are not getting into yet. And that maybe they threw some tracks at them or threw some 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 uh, outreach to them. But in order to have a field that's going to that's going to harvest, that field has to be cleared. And there's a bunch of junk in that field. It's tough. There's a reason why the churches in that community aren't reaching into that demographic. There's a reason why that field isn't plowed because it's got rocks and hard places and it's difficult and it's uncomfortable. And somebody tried it one time and tore up their tractor and they weren't able to finish it. But the thing is, is it's hard. Prepare for the hardness of the field and the unexpected things you run into when you're mowing grass and you can't see what's under the mower. But you got to clear the field, right? And then, and then you're able to start cultivating the seed. Now, that's a short version. There's a ton that we go into, the community gap assessment. So go back to the field principle podcast, and you'll find that it's, it's awesome. Yeah, this is the aspect of church planting that it really starts costing you because this is where you're going to have to really get in and labor. This is where it's really going to – hey, it's fun to sit around with a team – and put this on white, put it on the whiteboard, you know, sit down and identify the why, the fire, God's flowing. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. It's going to be great. But then you get out and you start working this field and this field principle. This is where it starts getting gritty. Mm-hmm. It gets dirty. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I would love to tell you that this is the easiest part of it, but <laughs> it's not. It's tough. That's a tough part. But that takes us right into the next it's the next topic, but there's so many subtopics underneath it. That's the forming and storming. Mm. This is where you form the team, where you storm the community, where you go out and all these, all these great ideas are placed into action and to see the field that has been cultivated, been, been the way being cleared and seeing the glory of God just move in a, in a really, really awesome, mighty way. But the first thing you do in the forming and the storming, of course, is with your team together, you start defining your success. And we talked about the team as well. Uh, the team, this is your core group mm-hmm. that is together, that's going to go out, that's got the vision. They, they are bought in. They're ready. They have a heart for the community mm-hmm. to see God move in a mighty way. Uh, you're going to sit down. You're going to have this team. You're going to have a very, very close bond in this team. A lot of openness, a lot of uh, a lot of love that's going through it, and uh, you know how wonderful that truly is. Absolutely. So as we look at the team, Anthony, I think that that the team is is a very crucial part as we form our core team. That podcast breaks up into how do you find team members? How do you connect with those team members? How do you operate as a core group? How do you navigate decision making and vision casting as a group? And so I think that that this is um, this is a make or break time that in many, many church plants fail. And we talk about the failure rate of church plants and the uh, the majority of this, I feel, is that if the why is not right and the team is not right, then you're going to struggle when the hard time comes, when when the when the crowd is down or when the decision is made and somebody disagrees with it. So having a team that you can have candor with and be honest with and also hold one another accountable and also have mercy and grace towards one another and have open openness and transparency, there's so many critical components to the team 
and, and what that what that means. We we also covered Anthony in that uh, time in that time how that we need a team that is diverse, a team that has different strengths that that and you know I look at our team and we have people with strengths that I don't have and strengths that you don't have and and we we were a very diverse team and a good team is that because you cover one another's blind spot and blind side and so there's so many components to the the critical nature of forming and and beginning to 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 form, formulate what it means to be a true team on mission together yeah the form, the forming. Just one more thing on that, and then I'll turn it over to you for the next this next aspect of this. But the forming part of this is where you you're really sitting down and you're really getting into it. You know, I mean, this is you're gonna, and I encourage. I mean, it, like I said, this isn't for everybody. I understand that, but I mean, one thing that I I felt like was very beneficial was the time that we spent together before we ever put boots on ground that we sat down as a core group man we we got the white paper out we had the walls of the house plastered and i remember one of these first meetings it was actually at yep. a kitchen table it was we had uh, a moderator we had one up moderating that was writing when that paper got full it went up on the wall and at the end of the night my goodness i don't even know how long it was it was a, it was a long meeting but uh, the time went by so quick, but the walls were completely full mm. of white paper. <laughs> and it would be fun to go back and to see how God grew that through just that forming time and that storming time as mm-hmm. well. I mean, mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I, I think that we would be amiss to think that uh, at least 75% or more of the things that were brought out that night Absolutely. were actually put into practical Absolutely. use in the plant. And I, I just, I think that's so awesome. I just thank God for that. But the next thing that we get into, which is one of the hardest things to talk about in nah. church plans, is the finance. Yeah. You know, uh, the financial part of it. My goodness. So <laughs> as you dive into this, you know what you and Jamie will talk more, you know, where the financial stream may come from. But one thing to go into thinking and knowing is that right off the bat, you're probably not going to have big time tithe payers or anything like come in. Hey, you may praise God. Thank the Lord for it. But I mean, you need to have a, a good reality check to go in and say right off the bat, you know, we need to be on a fixed income. We are a church plant. We need to understand where the funds are coming from. We need to know what our mm-hmm. growth is. We need to know. A lot, there's a lot of things that go into the financial part of it. Mm-hmm. And be a good steward with what the Lord has given you. Don't go in with the rock star mentality right off the bat and mm-hmm. say, we're going to have the biggest building. We're going to have the biggest this. We're going to have the biggest yep. that. It's not about the building. It's about the word of God mm-hmm. being ministered and preached and seeing souls saved and people's discipled. And this goes into something else that we kind of talk about in a little bit more, but that's actually seeing the true growth mm. that comes through in the discipleship. But what else you got to say about finance? No, that's, this that's is a tough. big topic. I'll try not yeah. to do another podcast on it, Anthony. But <laughs> yeah, you mentioned tough. one thing. You mentioned that if you have a, you might have a big tither, one hey, or two. You may. Okay, here's the trick, guys. If you do, if you start out your church plant, you do have one tither. I mean, he is a or she is a big tither. Guess what? Do not Mm-mm. build. Your financial infrastructure, your investments, your your debt based on that tither. Because what happens is then you become a servant to them. 
Whether you know it or not, whether you are aware of it or not, you're the opinion of that tither, whether that's a good or bad, right, wrong, biblical, not biblical, personal, not personal, whatever it is, you will make decisions with the flavor of what that tither wants or Brother, doesn't want. You're not preaching a feel good message. We're going to lose tithers over your message. And when we ministry. lose that tither, <laughs> then we can't pay our ex. You know, mm. suppose you go into a certain amount of debt. And I think that as we look at this, Anthony, uh, 50 to 80 percent, and it depends on the demographic of new churches will close in the first five years. And and if you if you if you look at the statistics, um, the the um, that four out of five churches actually have closure rates in that in that first five year period and mo, mo, many part of the time right it's either the core team there's conflict or there's financial shortfall and and when we get in over our head we think church has to be steeples and and buildings and and this beauty and pomp and circumstance and if i build this guess what if you can bless god but jesus did it on zero budget Zero. It doesn't cost money to make disciples. It costs time. It costs effort. It costs prayer. It costs fasting. It costs meals. It doesn't cost money to make disciples. Now, if I just want to attract people with pretty things, then yes, but you must have more pretty things to keep them. But when you make disciples, it doesn't cost much. So there's there's lots of models of church planting as financial models. Uh, you know, first of all, be good stewards. You, you, there's models where you're sent. There's models where you're raising funds to go. There's the bivocational model, which is um, very, very um, historical. The church history, uh, actually the vocational pastor it's awesome and thank God for it, but it's a very new thing in the church history. It's not old at all. It's very new. The oldest model of church planting is bivocational. The Apostle Paul was the the initiator of this, and it went through century after century after century of bivocational leaders. Uh, but then, uh, but then there's the the thing is, is it's all it's all it, it's all about Christ and and very little about comfort in this time. So. So we don't do another podcast on finance. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about our focus. This is the next thing that we covered. Great, great topic on it as well. And this was where we talked about the measure of the mission, how we define success, uh, the best yes, learning to say no to certain things as well. Because, I mean, that's vitally important is there's a better yes. So there may be times that you're going to have to say no. Uh, the defining success, what does success look like? And this really is a great thing for your team to stay involved with in the focus. when we talk about focus mm -hmm. and that the team is man having a good open communication to where you just as the team, you just don't you don't meet one or two times before the plant happens. And then you just kind of go through the motions yep. for every week after that. Man, the, the, the team is something that is going to have to stay close together. They're going to have to have meetings that you may not want to have a meeting every single week or anything like that. But you need to have interaction with the team because one member on the team could be struggling, could be hurting. 
And you know what? We, we should bear each other's burdens, especially in a plant like this, because we, openness is going to be so much key. But the measure of our success, how we measure the mission, how we measure the success inside of the mission, you know, to understand our why, to get out there on it. And, and there's so there's such goodness in that. And to know that success is not always measured by how many people are inside of the church house in the building. It's the success is measured not only by that, by the growth, but also by the growth of the people inside the building to see them being discipled, to see them making disciples, to see them understanding and grasping a new reality of God and to get a, get a hold of God and to be walking hand in hand with him and, and to just be pressing forward in the community and to see them as they start plowing the ground and seeing, seeing what God's doing in their lives. This is so important, man, the focus and to maintain the focus through the whole thing because it's easy because times are going to get tough it's not going to be all rainbow sunshine and unicorns as we even said in the focus on the focus one about it but there's going to be hard times and you're going to have to maintain and understand what success looks like so the biggest enemy of success is success yeah i can see it and the thing is is success breeds comfort oh yeah so that's where our definition of success must be uncomfortable yeah. Or else we stand the risk of becoming comfortable, thus successful in our own mind, mm. thus not kingdom builders. So as we think about it, defining success, I remember we was in a church plant, Anthony, and we would go out every Sunday, every single Sunday, and we would do door-to-door outreach and sitting on the front porch and have conversations with people and have, it was awesome. It was just the most beautiful time. But guess what? hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conversations and we only had one or two that would that would come and be in service with us and i was discouraged week after week sowing 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 no reaping no reaping and then one day i was came back to the church in the evening and and i was discouraged and sad and feeling bad for myself and depressed and all the things the emotions that come right because we're failing here we're not doing the right thing this is terrible you know this is hard and uh, the Holy Spirit literally smacked, I felt like smacked me in the face. And I began to pray, and then the Holy Spirit began to minister to me, and there was a rebuke there. And, and, and then the rebuke, I had to almost saw myself in a mirror as a selfish little kid that thought he deserved something from God, that thought that he deserved to reap. Here's what God revealed to me that day, Anthony. It's not my reaping. I get to work in his field. It's not my harvest to reap at all. It's his harvest. And the responsibility of the farmer, he confronted me with this. The responsibility of the farmer is not to produce yield. The responsibility of the farmer is to cultivate the field. And in that moment, I was like, wait. Paul said, I water or I plant Apollos waters and God gives the increase. So then that moment, Anthony I changed my definition of success and the Holy Spirit led me through it, walked me through it after he smacked me down, walked me through it. And he changed my definition of success from a house full of people because of my outreach (laughs) to my sowing seed. And the question I started asking myself every day after that was, am I sowing seed? Did I sow seed today? Did I cultivate the field today? Am I being a good steward of what God has entrusted me with of his field? And then all of a sudden, when I came back, there may have not been anybody show up because of that. But one thing, one thing was rest assured is that God revealed to me that moment 
that was a successful day because I sowed seed in his field. And so it changes everything. Now, thank God, that church, not because of me, but because God gave the increase, all I did was sow. All I did was participate. Now that church is busting out the seams. They're in their third building. Just a few years later, they're in their third building, and now they're going to have to expand again. Why? It's not because of me. I wasn't good. Mm-mm. I was a participant on a team of leaders that were coming together that defined success as sowing <laughs> and, 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 and cultivating and then trusting God to give mm-hmm. the increase. Don't you love how it all ties back, how it all ties back together? And it, you, at, at the end of it, you can still look back and say, that's the why. That's the why. That's a, oh, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. The launch. Mm. The last thing that we really covered. And we hit a couple more things, yeah. uh, like the pitfall, the uh, history. And we, we went into each model as well, the church models as well. And then we talked about the pitfalls of church planning, which were... <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are a few. There are a few. We've had a few goof ups. We've had a few. That's right. Sure. Uh, but the launch, right. uh, you know, we talked about uh, entering the new town, uh, how important that connection was really before mm-hmm. you ever entered the town, before you actually launched in the town to mm-hmm. be connected in some way, shape or form. And there's so many outlets in uh, in these towns that are opportunities for you to connect. It's just, are you willing to put the time in to do it? Are you willing to put the effort in to actually make these connections inside the community? Uh, connecting with the peers. Uh, it's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy. It's going to cost you something. Are you going to be uncomfortable? You better believe it. If you're in church planning for comfort right now, you might as well end this, end what you're listening yeah, to. Yeah, do something different. And just walk away. Go to a spa because yeah. this is not yeah. a spa. <laughs> no, it's not a spa in any shape or form. If that's what you're after in this, you're in the wrong thing, buddy. I'm telling you, because you will not be comfortable. I don't guess there's ever been a Time, that even today that I roll in that I'm comfortable because mm. you never know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. You mm-hmm. never know where God's going to lead you or take you. And this is something that's really cool is you never know who's going to pull up. That's right. Or, you know, who God's going to put in your way. I mean, mm-hmm. there could be, uh, my goodness, we could be outside uh, just in the clothing ministry and you meet so many individuals. And then if you will take the time, and I feel this a lot, guys. And I mean, we can talk about when we talked about the pitfalls and the failures, uh, taking that time to talk to these to, to the individuals yeah. that come up, that gains a lot. You mm-hmm. gain you gain a great perspective of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord will show you so many things. Your heart will be humbled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's important in planning as well. But the launch, uh, connecting, plugging in. Be, be a part of the community. Just don't be a, a picture on a wall. Right. Be part of the community. Be an integral part of the community that, mm-hmm. that the people, whenever they hear the name of whatever, whatever you name the church, they're like, hey, we saw them at such and such. We met them. Oh, yeah, we met them here. We did this. We did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about uh, <clears throat> getting other ministries in the community, maybe Sorry. in the area involved. Mm-hmm. That was a really good podcast, too, that we did just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a whole lot that can be said about the launch. Oh, this is powerful, Anthony. So thanks for unpacking, starting to unpack some of that because you talk about connecting. And then as you begin to talk about that, I begin to think about two, two instances, Jesus and his, his ministry around the, the shores of Galilee in the small towns. Mm-hmm. He, Jesus spent about 90% of his time connecting 
Yeah, wow. And about 10%, maybe 2% of his time preaching. Yeah. The Sermon on the Mount, uh, and then maybe there's very few times where you can read of Jesus preaching, but he was constantly reaching, connecting with people. Who better to model ministry after than the Creator himself? Then I think about the Apostle Paul, and I think about the church at um, at Corinth. I think about um, how that he was he was he was uh, he was there uh, with with people in the marketplace, and he connected because he was a bivocational leader. He was working in the marketplace, and he met two people, and these two people became friends. He connected with them, and then the next thing you know, the church blossomed from their Bible study in their own home to this huge church that he writes about in Revelation. And see, that's the hard part. Also, you mentioned you mentioned your peers, right? Other churches, other community ministries. But, Anthony, are they not the competition? <laughs> Don't ever look at them as that. Wait, wait. Ministry's not a competition. So they're not competition? No, ministry is not a competition. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm glad you brought that out because I, that's, that's a lie of the enemy. It sure is. Yeah. It's worldly. Very. It's not Pepsi versus Coke. <laughs> good, good analogy. It's not. No, no, no. And and we're not bashing them in our commercials. No, goodness, no. That, that's not what it is. And no. and then there's also what we called Anthony, and we mentioned that podcast, Para Church Ministries. Mm-hmm. They're ministries that are not necessarily connected to a church, but yeah. they are. They're serving a need, and yes. they're also they have a heart for it. And you're going to find in these Para Church Ministries, oh. they may be soup kitchens, they may be like homeless shelters there may be you know um you you know uh just tons of different opportunities here right Mm -hmm. recovery ministries you're going to find some of the people in there with the biggest hearts oh yeah and oftentimes churches don't support them necessarily because they're not connected to their church and if their church can't get credit for it they're not going to support it but if you can come alongside and partner and support those parachurch ministries, I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about showing up. I'm talking about making them feel included and involved. Then all of a sudden you will find that community and unity can be one, two and one. And that's powerful. Yeah. So once again, if you haven't had an opportunity to go back and listen to all the church plant uh, series podcast, we definitely encourage you to do so. I do believe with all my heart that it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, but like we said, if if you're looking for comfort, this ain't for you <laughs> in mm-hmm. any way, shape, or form. And if you thought church planting was a, a, a pretty cool logo and, oh, and yeah. getting some getting some lights and music, well, <laughs> guess what? Go back and listen. There's a little more to it. There's a little bit more to it than that. Uh, I will end with one scripture. And then I'll pass it off to my brother to wrap us up. But uh, every time that we talk about church planning, I always go back in the scripture to this one verse. (laughs) And it's Galatians 6 and 9. Mm. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I always Mm. go back to that because there's going to be times of weariness. Uh, The team will be weary. You will be weary, (laughs) but don't faint. Because, and I love this, it's worth it. It's worth it. If God has laid this on your heart, then there is a purpose. There's a reason. There's people to disciple. There's souls to see saved. And here's the good news. Here's the great news. If only one person, after the whole time that you was in this church plan, if just one person came to the saving knowledge of Christ, wouldn't it be worth the one? Mm. That's all I got to say about that. And there's going to be days. 
as we close up. And there's going to be days where you all you can do is sit and cry. And then there's going to be those moments, though maybe few and far between at times, where you look over at your team in the middle of outreach, in the middle of a service, in the middle of something you're doing together, and you look over at them across the room, as you mentioned earlier, and you swell up with tears in your eyes, and you whisper, this is why. This is why. And there's going to be a, a time that I believe that when we walk the streets of gold, there's going to be seeds that we've sown that we never know that we sowed. And then we get to participate in eternity with people that God gave the increase for that we never even knew it. So be encouraged. We love you. And we thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time, keep cultivating.